It's Christmas Eve, and we're always wrapped up tight. We've got something special coming for you guys tonight. That is the shittiest Christmas rhyme you guys have ever been given. Everybody, let's hit it. This team loves to win ugly. Winning ugly gets you to this point. Takes the snap on third down. Rodgers waits, throws, right side, got a man wide open. Touchdown, and it's Robert Tanyan again. Aaron Rodgers with his fourth touchdown of the game. It's going to be a good week for the Green Bay Packers. Getting a chance to move on. One more to go, we'll talk to you next week. And talking this week, we are, it is Christmas Eve as you were listening. Welcome back to the illusion of complexity. We took a week off, kind of like the Packers offense did, essentially, just took off the second half last week as the Packers defeated the Carolina Panthers 24-16. to I'm your host this evening. I am Jacob Westendorf, and I am joined by, of course, the newly shaven and newly haircut. He looks less like a homeless person now. And we're thankful for that. Zachary Jacobson, Santa baby, what did you leave me under the tree? Uh, Jacob, I, I didn't get you anything. I actually don't like you at all. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. Come on. You know I love you. Well, that was disappointing. No, uh, yeah. fresh, Freshly shaven, man. I mean, thank God my, my hair is growing back already on the sides at least. So I don't, uh, I don't look like a, I have like a bald scalp anymore. Chicks take the mop, man. They did. I dude, the second I cut the mane and I looked at myself in the mirror like a couple hours after that, I I immediately had like regret. I always do whenever I get a haircut, but this one just felt even worse. And did the like 10 women vying for your I was going to say services, but that makes it sound like they pay for it, but did the 10 women oh. vying for your attention, how many of them were disappointed? I would say uh all of them. <laughs> But yet again, I'm always, I, I always disappoint women, so this is nothing new. That's fair. Well, <laughs> I will tell them that nobody will ever love you like I do that, because much like Bruno Mars, I find you amazing just the way you are, no matter how you want to wear your hair, even if you just shit all over my dreams at the beginning of this very podcast. And I had a transition, but I'm not going to go with that one. So we're going to move to our other co-host of this evening. And uh, Aaron, be the further social media gets the happier I am that I was not born a woman because <laughs> between that and my personal favorite was the sugar daddy that you were saying that you were, uh, you had a very similar backstory to the fresh Prince of Bel Air. Um, yeah, yeah. I just, uh, that people really enjoyed that. I just basically, uh, someone said that they asked if I wanted to be, you know, their sugar baby. And I like to do that all the time with pranking, um, people that DM me about that. And this one, I just decided to take some inspiration from your favorite show, The Office, and um, just tell a story. And I guess Fresh Prince was in my heart, and he did not get the reference, and it continued. I, I actually just haven't even responded because it became weird. So, yeah. I give you credit because, I mean, at a certain point, it feels like you almost kind of took control back from that whole situation, right? And you felt like you had to start having fun with it because it's like you're accepting this is just going to continue to happen. You're a social mm -hmm. media personality to some degree. So this is just going to continue to happen. So you're just going to mess with dudes that are going to continue to creep on you. So gentlemen, if you're going to slide into Aaron's DMs, one, don't. You're an asshole. But two, also don't because you're an asshole. There we go. We're going to move on. Beautiful. Guys, Thank you. I am I am a gentleman at some point. And three, she's mine. So back off. <laughs> <laughs> she just doesn't know that yet. Neither does my wife. Please don't tell her. Um, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> this is already off the rails. Oh my gosh! And we have single-handedly maybe the worst episode that we've ever. Well, no, no, we're not there yet. We just eclipsed five minutes. So there is a first time for everything in your life, Zach. So congratulations. <laughs> hey, I Hey, I told you, I'm always disappointing women. Um, phrasing. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. So now that we've lost everybody who's listening to the show, let's ramble about the Packers. That will be three of us and my mom. So four people will listen to this episode at least. I can promise oh, you good. guys that much. That's good first five minutes for your mom to listen to. Uh, sorry, mom. <laughs> it's your husband's fault. He raised me to be a pervert. 
Uh, anyways, the Packers take on the Tennessee Titans this weekend. And I want to say this first and foremost, Zach, I watched open book today and I, I finally know what that show is. So I'm appreciative to one finally know what that is. You guys do a pretty good job for, you know, your first, first episode that, uh, has ever happened. So I'm kidding. Um, your dramatic pauses between transition points are my favorite thing. I, I absolutely love that. I think that's hilarious. And you do that on this show too. I just wondered if that was just a this show thing or if it's everything. And I've noticed now it's everything. It is everything. Uh, See, you just did it. <laughs> I just did it again, yeah. Uh, Eli made the, um, he, he made the comparison to, to Aaron Rodgers, which I, I am grateful for. And it's anytime I can be compared to Aaron Rodgers, I will, I will definitely uh, take that and run away with it. Um. I am very calculated in the way that I, I speak in the way I phrase things. So both on open book and here, I like to, uh, you know, just make sure I'm phrasing my words carefully, even though I, I talk sometimes like a stumbling, bumbling, mumbling idiot, you know, and I can't get my words out or formulate sentences correctly. I like to make sure I'm saying the right things. I got to get you one of them like blank stocking caps. Maybe we can get the one that uh, Joey, the Jaguar shout out Joey for, putting together some of those videos of a parody of some Packers podcast. That was very funny. I found it very entertaining and I will know that we have made it. I know. I noticed we were not. I hope he doesn't listen to this show. (laughs) He's like 15. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He's he's taking all of our jobs. Like we're all going to be out of work. soon. I just don't think this is a show a 15 year old should be. Probably not. But I will say this. I will, I will know that we have made it when Joey the Jaguar makes a parody of one of us. So I am, I'm looking forward to that day, but guys, this weekend, the green Bay Packers have a chance to clinch the number one seed in the NFC playoffs. They need this to happen. They need a win over the Tennessee Titans and they need the Los Angeles Rams to play wingman. And they need an assist from the Rams by beating the Seattle Seahawks. And I want to give a shout out by saying that to the worst wingman ever, and that is Aaron Wagner, my friend from college, who once got me and said he was going to introduce me to this girl in college and then never did and said he was going to wingman for me. And then he didn't. So shout out, Aaron, you are the worst ever. And I guess I'm thankful because eventually I met my wife and that woman and the bar that night was not my wife, but you suck and you'll never have a chance to redeem yourself and you'll never live that down. Beside the point. Los Angeles Rams beat the Seahawks. Packers beat the Titans. They are the number one seed in the NFC. The first question I wanted to ask you guys, and I talked about this with Maggie Loney on the Pack-A-Day podcast today, and that is how to approach week 17 if such a scenario exists. And there's been a lot of different ways to talk about this. Do you rest all your guys? Do you play all your guys? Because the Packers, they'll be the only team of the bye. Do you take the two full weeks off? Does that matter? Does it not? Aaron, I'm curious. How do you approach that game? And if you're sitting guys, who is your starting quarterback? <laughs> that, second question is <laughs> that second question is very intriguing. Um, I let's say they they clinch it next week. I would I would play the starters for a little bit. Um you know, kind of approach it almost like a preseason game. It doesn't need to be anything extreme, um, but you just want to make sure that they're still kind of loose. I mean, two weeks off feels like an eternity. Uh, so um, phrasing. Wait, <laughs> wait, what did I say? Sure they're still kind of loose. Oh, oh, God. oh that was oh, a dick, come on. That's, that's sick. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> what that is is I hit the button and uh, the keyboard was on there, so I had to come up with something really fast. Is what happened. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. that's. Okay. Anyways. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I think maybe for a half or a quarter, kind of just seeing how things go, but I, I just don't think that you want to have to risk being rusty uh, kind of for whatever playoff game, because, you know, the NFC has some tough teams and who the hell knows who they're going to be up against. So, you know, you don't want them. I will tell you right now, I know who it's going to be. Edward Brady. Jr. Oh, that, my, that, that's what I feel in my gut. So I, I think that, you know, you you want at least the offense for sure to be, you know, staying within rhythm. So I would say play them for a quarter or a half. Um, and as for quarterback, oof, 
Um, I think it's Tim Boyle. Um, Jordan Love has been inactive all year. It's not like one half of football is going to tell you if he's good enough or not. He still has yet to go through a mini camp. He's not had – I just just put Tim Boyle in there. He knows the offense better. Just put him in there. But what's the purpose? Well, just to try to – well, that's a good – just to keep the offense, I guess, trying to run. I mean, and, and, and there's also this point is I don't really want the Bears in the playoffs. I would love to squash them in that week. And well, so I, I the playoffs. I'll tell you that right now. They're not making the playoffs because the Cardinals are going, the Cardinals are going to win their next two games and finish 10 and six. So but that's the thing is they need to Nostradamus over here telling right. us that they're going to play in the first round. So why are we even debating this? If you know all the outcome of everything, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. But, but let's say that we have the opportunity to knock the bears out of the playoffs. I would like to do that. It feels like, well, if you uh, want to do that, then you have to play Aaron Rodgers. Cause let me, t- there's a few things. Number one, Tim Boyle sucks. That's just factual. So if Tim Boyle plays, the Bears are winning. So if you want to knock the Bears out of the playoffs, you want to play Aaron Rodgers. Number two, the whole point of playing a backup quarterback here, Tim Boyle, guys, is not going to be on the team next year. He's a restricted free agent. He's a free agent of some type. I'd have to look again, but he's a free agent of some type at the end of the year. He's not going to be on the team next year. Playing Jordan Love gives you some glimpse into his long-term future. Does it give you the answer that you're talking about, Aaron? No, it doesn't tell you, and it doesn't give you a conclusion to jump to. But in April... Zach, I'll ask you this. In April, when Jordan Love was drafted, what percentage chance do you think there was that Jordan Love never took a meaningful snap, zero to 100, never took a meaningful snap as the starting quarterback of the Green Bay Packers? I would say there was probably a... The night he was drafted, mind you. So you have to think you haven't seen anything of 2020 yet. Wait, do you mean as a rookie or his whole Packers career? His whole career. What percentage chance wow. as of that night did you think there was a, a percentage chance that he never took a snap like that? Probably somewhere between maybe like 5 to 10%. That's, I mean, I would have said zero. I mean, it was right around it, that. In that ballpark. I mean, you could say zero to 10%, but it was very, very, very low. Right, and where's that percentage chance after watching the 2020 season now? Now I would put it between 40 to 50. And I agree with you. I think it's higher because the quarterback now has played at an MVP level and we didn't know that was possible. And I think it's very objective to say you didn't know that was possible coming into this season. So the point that Ross Uglum, our counterpart over at Packer Report made was if Rodgers plays like this for a couple of years and you want to eventually trade Jordan Love, nobody's going to trade for Jordan Love if they hadn't seen him play. So, right, but they're not going to trade for him if they see him play half a game. Like that—that that is the the point I'm making. Is that I, I don't think this half this this half a game is not making or breaking his trade value. I agree with that, but what I'm saying is, playing Tim Boyle serves you zero purpose. Playing Jordan Love at least serves you some sort of a purpose. If you play Jordan Love, I feel like you show your hand a little bit. Maybe. Maybe it doesn't make or break his trade value, but you show your hand as to what he is. Maybe he has a great bit of football. I don't think he plays a half. I think they give him that that whole game. I feel like if they were to rest their starters, they would rest that whole season finale. They would they would bench really? whoever they wanted to. I, I personally hope they don't. I have 2011 PTSD, but... Same. <laughs> that was where my head went. Yeah. Um, if Jordan Love... I mean, it could... It, it would show the Packers' hand. I mean, if he plays great, that hikes his trade value up. The eventual, the possible eventual trade value that, you know, maybe the Packers down the road, they they ship him off. Maybe he isn't the 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 heir to the throne after Aaron Rodgers retires. Maybe he's not the guy. But if he stinks it up, then his value goes down. You're going to have other opportunities in the preseason, assuming things are normal. You know, ne- next summer you're going to have opportunities. Uh, you know. An exhibition play uh, next season if the Packers, you know, blow opponents out of the water and they bring in Jordan Love at the end of games or whatever. But don't you dare say the other scenario. What was the other scenario? Aaron Rodgers gets not traded, but the other thing. Injured? That would be the one. She said it, not me. Let that go on the record. I tried to ask if he was saying. 
So headline, headline tomorrow morning on Mike Florio, profootballtalk.com, Aaron Alice of game of the New York Post wants Aaron Rodgers injured. <laughs> That's right. I forgot. He, he fucking said the Jamal Williams show via the New York Post. What a so Aaron idiot. Alice of New York Post wants Aaron Rodgers injured. That was some bullshit. Right. Still is. I'm still not real thrilled. I don't care because I don't follow him and I don't read his crap anyways. But like, that's the only dude too. like, I, there are guys I don't like, but I still catch some of their stuff every now and again, or like I hear things on their timelines or, you know, whatever. But Florio is the only one I actively go out of my way to avoid. He's such no, a that's nerd. not true. I take that back. I actively go out of my way to avoid he who must not be named from FS1. Skip Bayless. Oh. Right. Oh, you all right over there? You got a bit of a cold. Yeah, sorry. I got COVID. I was um, saying these COVID times, you got to be careful, man. It's no joke. <laughs> yeah, Jacob knows from experience. Yeah, no kidding. Thanks, Jimmy. If the Packers were to rest, if the Packers were to rest, what I do in my own time is my own time. Hey, hey. Sorry, go ahead. (laughs) If what you were saying was important, I would shut up and listen. You're right. Sorry. This is why I said I don't like you. If the Packers were to rest our starters, then you know they're they obviously don't care whether or not the bears make the playoffs. If the bears are obviously in that position to make the playoffs in week 17, obviously we don't know, but Tim Boyle would give them the best chance to win that game of, of their two backup quarterbacks behind Rogers. So, I mean, I, I don't like Tim Boyle. I don't like the cult that surrounds him. Same. And Thank I have you. been adamant Andrew. about that. I'm not naming names. I hey, will. Hey, it's hey, Andy has, Andy has his player crushes just like I have mine. Michael Clark, you know, all those guys, but Who? I I've ever had a UDF. Sure. Yeah, did Mike, was Michael Clark? Is that that sounds like a a bad actor from the nineteen eighties? Is it like it sounds like a baseball player or something? It could yeah. be. He was a did he play in the NFL? Yes, he did. Does he know how to play football? Not very yes, well. <laughs> I'm trying to think of if I had a UDFA crush like that. I don't think I ever really have. I had multiple. It was Josh Jackson, Kentrell, or no, no, it's Josh. UDFA. I would say Josh yeah. Jackson played like a UDFA, meant, but he was definitely drafted. <laughs> yeah. I meant Josh Hawkins. Josh Hawkins, oh, Kentrell, yeah, I remember Hawkins. Hey. Kentrell. Oh man, he was good initially. He he had some yeah, for like a minute. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. You know the one. That's the one thing. So that actually brings up a good point. We are all over the fucking place. So everybody, if you will give me just a minute. <laughs> See, this is why we don't want them to rest their starters. We rested last well, week. Look what yeah. happened. Well, Jacob <laughs> asked you a good question. That that's true. Backup quarterback question was actually a really good one. It was so, a good question. So the Kentrell Bryce bit that you brought up. So that's the thing with Kamal Martin. When people are out here spouting off his grades on how, oh my God, PFF has him graded here. And this person has him graded here and all that stuff is like, okay. And it says the minimum is a hundred snaps. Okay. That's all well and good. And I understand that. And there are some things that Kamal Martin has done that have done, you know, some really nice things. He does play at a really nice speed and he had a really nice training camp. That being said, Kamal Martin has played 165 snaps. That is it. 165 snaps is not a lot guys. I think our standards are just so low at this point. And I totally get it. I mean, I totally get it when there is above average play. And I, and I totally get it at that position. The thing is like the reason those linebackers, like for example, and I've said this and I've made the comparison with Patrick queen. I'm not saying, cause I think Patrick queen's going to be better than Kamal Martin and Chris Barnes, for example, but Kamal Martin has a higher grade because he's had less chance to be exposed for the kind of player he is. These coaches around the league are so smart and they figure out ways to expose the player that you are. So when you see a player that's good in really small samples and really small roles, that's something I think that is, we can be fascinating to talk about with some of these things that the Packers have this off season. Cause I have a pretty hot take. I think I have to watch some more tape before I finalize it, but I have a pretty hot take about the Packers skill position group specifically. And I'm going to tease that for the off season. But I think that there is a player that some people are calling, excuse me, calling a Pro Bowl snub that I think is a little, he's a really nice fit in this Packers offense, but I think he's a little overrated. Uh, well, I think it's obvious who you, it's obvious who you're talking about. It is, but. Is it Robert Tunyon? Because everything he does is a, is a result of the scheme. I, yeah. Yeah. Like I think Robert Tunyon is, and that's a good thing. Like he fits in this offense. It's a great, right. 
Matt Lafleur's done a lot of good things with him, and obviously right. he's reliable. He catches the ball when he's throwing him. But people yeah. are, like we're trying to put him in the same sentence as like. That's the thing. He's smart and he understands everything. And that's what Aaron Rodgers right. said too. Like he, he wins everything with, with intelligence, you know, and like every, all of his touchdowns, like the high volume numbers, it's just, it's a result of the scheme. He doesn't do anything fancy to win his routes like Travis Kelsey and George Kittle. Like he's not a great route runner. You know, every time he catches the ball, he's almost wide open. Like especially well, see, I think that's why this offense is so amazing is because we don't need a Travis Kelsey. Like we can put Robert Tunyon in there and have this, he gets these kind of numbers, but I will give him credit. He doesn't drop anything. No, I mean, he has more touchdowns right. than incompletions to like with, I mean, that's amazing. Um, you know, so I mean, credit for that. Like he catches the ball. Right. So, and there's some inherent value in that. Certainly. It's yeah. Just right. But it's, just, it's Agreed. Eventually, I'm going to do so. Brian Caravu, you guys remember him from Railbird, Railbird Central, used to do after every game, he'd call it blue chips, red chips, and cow chips. And I'm going to come up with something similar as far as rating this roster. So, a blue chip player, for example, is Aaron Rodgers. A red chip player, for example, somebody who's really good, but maybe not quite to that blue chip level status just yet. And I'm trying to think maybe Darnell Savage is somebody that's a good example of something like that. And then a cow chip or something. And I might have to put some more categories in there. Like there are some guys that like rookies or something, we just don't know enough about yet. But Robert Tunyon is somebody who is like a scheme dependent, replaceable kind of player to where maybe I'm riding the draft crush a little too much, but like he's somebody that I think could very easily be displaced next season by Jay Sternberger, if he can stay healthy or another tight end if the Packers decide to go that route. Cause I think if there's anything that we've learned is the Packers really value that position in developing players and churning them out at that spot. Mm -hmm. So we have gone off the rails, Zach. I'm, uh, I asked, yeah, I'm, dream, I'm, not, I'm thinking I'm drink for every time you say that. And from now on, cause that happens like five times an episode. So Zach, I think we can we can park this discussion, I suppose, for next week because honestly, if we're looking ahead to the Bears, we can talk about how we can approach this if indeed the Packers do get the number one seed. In order to do that, there is some business to take care of first. And that first bit of business, uh, my first question, uh, Roger, am I afraid of the boogeyman? No. No, sir, I am not afraid of the boogeyman. And because I am not afraid of the boogeyman, I am not afraid of Derrick Henry. And I don't mean that as disrespect. Derrick Henry is the best running back in football. There's a short list you can make. It's like Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, name your list. And he's awesome. And the Titans are a really good football team. Honestly, the thing that scares me more about them is their play-action passing game, which I'll get to when I push to Aaron here a little bit, with A.J. Brown and Corey Davis. And John Smith and some of those guys, the Titans are a really well-balanced offense. And people treat Ryan Tannehill like he's a game, and even me to some degree, treat Ryan Tannehill like he's a game manager because he plays in an offense that is so well-versed around Derrick Henry. That being said, for weeks, everybody's been talking about how the Packers have no chance to win this game. Everybody, I say everybody, everybody on my timeline, Packers fans, I've been talking about how Green Bay has no chance to win this game because Henry's going to run for 500 yards. One, first of all, no, he's not. Second of all, the Packers have played better recently against the run. Now, there are reasons for that. The context is the teams they played, not very good at running the ball. Two, they have had leads in those games. But there are some good backs in there too. Miles Sanders is somebody that everybody talked about being able to wreck their game. 10 carries, 31 yards. They've given up, on average, I'm going to regret this, to leading rushers. 69.3 yards per game. <laughs> Sorry. Since the disaster against Dalvin Cook. And obviously Dalvin Cook is going to be the measuring stick that everybody has stuck in their head. Obviously it's stuck in their head from the NFC Championship game the year prior. And Derrick Henry is the ultimate test of can the Packers control a running game enough? Now that being said, am I going to be surprised at all if Henry runs for a buck 20 or more on Sunday? No. But I did a poll the other night and I did it to prove a point. So congratulations. If you participated in the poll, you proved my point. Thank you very much. 500 plus votes. And I said, you need to win one game. Who are you picking first? Aaron Rodgers or Derrick Henry? 94% of you voted for Aaron Rodgers. And the team that has Aaron Rodgers is supposedly the one that has no chance to win. The Titans defense is rancid, horrible, awful. 
They are 32nd in the NFL on third down. The Packers are really good on third down. They are 30th in the NFL in the gold zone. I need to get a hot key of gold member. I got to figure that out between now and our next show. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I've, I've grown an appreciation for that movie throughout the course of this season, but the Titans defense is horrible and the Packers are going to be able to put up points and that's going to matter a lot on Sunday. That is why if the Packers can go score for score and it comes down to in this day and age of the NFL, let's say the Packers have the worst run defense in the NFL and they don't, but let's say they do. The Titans have the worst pass defense in the NFL and they're pretty damn close. The quarterback versus the worst pass defense, the running back versus the worst rush defense. I'm taking the quarterback every single time in that matchup. That doesn't mean the Packers are going to win, but they have the advantage and they have the advantage every single time. So Aaron, my first question, are you scared of the boogeyman? No. Okay. Call a browser if you wanted to. I thought you were going to ask you, but we already did. So Aaron, you're not a browser. So there we go. So tell me a little bit. I mean, when you're looking at this matchup with the Titans, what's your, what are your biggest concerns coming out? See, I think the biggest concern is more than just their play action. Uh, I think Tannehill's leading the league with like over 10 yards per attempt in play action. And the thing about you kind of touched on it is, you know, with running the ball, it usually means that the clock is running, which means if our offense is coming out hot, they're not going to be running the ball that much. So it's not like they're going to be running it down our throats. So unless we can't get on the board, but with their terrible defense, I don't see that being a problem. I think, I think it's going to be more of a shootout. I'm actually more concerned, like I said, about their play action game than I am Derrick Henry, because I think our defense can stop Derrick Henry. But like you said, yeah, if he gets over a hundred, it's, I wouldn't be shocked, but it's not, that's like I said, I, that's not going to make or break this game. I think it's going to be um, as it usually does. It's going to come down to the line of scrimmage on both ends. Um, if our offensive line has a redemption game after that performance against the Panthers, which I think they will. Um, and if our pass rush can get to Tannehill and, and shake him up. So, and those should be advantages in favor of the Packers. Right. One, Titans don't rush the passer very well. They're missing Jeffrey mm-hmm. Simmons in practice today. That's one of the clownies out. So yeah. Right. So they don't have a whole lot in favor of that. When we talk about their passing game, Zach, we talk about AJ Brown who, is the best receiver from that draft class, which has turned out very good, which I'm sure no Packers fan has ever brought up how good that receiver class <laughs> was. But DK Metcalf is the only receiver from that draft class that has performed better. And I think the only one that you would take long-term over AJ Brown from that class. My question to you is, do you think the Packers, they really haven't, but do you think they should be shadowing Jair Alexander and taking their chances with Corey Davis? I read a story the other day. Um, I can't. I can't remember where it was from, but uh, teams doing that don't have a lot of success. When you kind of like, when you focus your attention, you kind of fixate on AJ Brown. And you leave Corey Davis because he's he's pretty much the lesser of the two threats. It doesn't really end up well for the other team. Like he's still, maybe not so much as dynamic, but he's still a threat. And I think, you know, especially with Kevin King kind of struggling the way he is right now. I mean, the last few games he's really been. I want to say a liability, but he's been flirting with 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 that line. I mean, he's been he's been really bad when he's been on the field lately. Just from his from his effort, from from the way he's been, he just from the downward way he's way he's been playing. I mean, it's just it's just been really bad. Um. So no, I wouldn't I I wouldn't really trust in them to do that. But I mean, the the best way I think for this defense to kind of combat. Not not just the not just the receivers, but I just whatever the Titans do offensively, whether it's through Derrick Henry or through that play action game, which I think is going to be kind of force feeding AJ Brown. Like it's kind of like Aaron said, and I mentioned it today on Open Book. When the Packers take advantage of their of their opportunities on offense and they're able to score, like they did against the Panthers, their first three, their first three possessions on offense, they were three for three in the red zone. Before they just, everything just kind of went downhill and collapsed around them. Everything went to shit. When they're able to do that, and you're able to separate yourself from your opponent, like you said, you lean away from the run game. That's that's less emphasis on Derrick Henry. That's less emphasis on that run game, and that just completely eliminates that threat of play action. So. I mean, AJ Brown becomes less of a factor in that sense. I mean, it's it's just it's less guys 
I mean, when you have Jair Alexander, you're pretty much just isolating one side of the field. Pretty much, that's 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 the benefit of having such a corner as good as him. So, yeah, I just, I think I, I think that's just going to be um, not to ramble here, but that's that's, that's going to be a, a big deal what the Packers are able to do on offense. And I know, like I said, I'm rambling. I'm going to quote Peter Bukowski here. This is something that he always says. And I'm giving him proper attribution here because I don't want to pull a Mark Eagleton and just totally <laughs> put your name on it. Put your water yeah. on it. Let me real quick. I'm actually going to pause this and I'm going to pull it down and then I'm going to make sure we have our little game on logo on the bottom right corner. So hold <laughs> yeah. That up. All right. Yeah. Thank you. Actually, no, don't put game on. Put, put Eagleton. Yeah. <laughs> Jacobson. Perfect. Thank you. All he, right, go says, ahead. he says sometimes the best, def- uh, the best defense is your best offense. And I think that's going to apply to the Packers on Sunday. And that's really their their path to winning a championship is that way. And we've talked about that for weeks. And I think mm-hmm. I talked about this you know, last night a little bit with, with Tyler Dunn. And that was that the Packers this year and really this year around the NFL, defense wins championships is a thing of the past, guys. And especially mm-hmm. true in 2020. Your defense does not have to be great. It has to be good enough. And can this Packers defense be good enough? Yes. We saw it on Sunday for all the gnashing of teeth about how they won ugly. I find it hilarious and kind of annoying how narratives about a team shape how wins are. Because if the Baltimore Ravens win a game the way the Packers did on Sunday night or Saturday night, excuse me, it was gritty. It was tough. It was defense. It was December football. It was the Baltimore Ravens. When the Packers do it, it was, oh, they got off to a fast start. Then what the hell happened? Why? What was wrong with Aaron Rodgers? Why didn't they throw the ball better? Why weren't they better on offense? Why did they let the team back into the game? Right. And ultimately, honestly, what we should have been talking about was a borderline. It wasn't dominant, but it was a very good defensive performance and something that the Packers haven't. And this Panthers offense, you look around. I know Christian McCaffrey didn't play. Mike Davis has had success as a running back this season. DJ Moore. Curtis Samuel was a guy that every single Packers fan wanted to trade for this up. He fucking sucks too. He's so bad. God. He's just terrible. And uh, the other one, Robbie Anderson, the receiver that everybody said the Packers should have traded a second round pick for. He was shut out. He didn't do anything. Nothing of significance from those guys. That's a good offense. Now, Teddy Bridgewater is what he is, but that's not like we're playing against Nick Mullins and the misfit toys of the San Francisco 49ers. Right. And and I think like this is always the thing that just irks me so much is at what point are we going to ever give credit to the other team for doing a good job? Never. Exactly. Like, that, like Maggie and Perry talked about that on a happy hour on Monday. It's like you got to give credit to the Panthers. They adjusted really well to our offense and shut them down. And everyone's like, Oh my God, it was us, our offense. It's always us. It's like, maybe the other team just did what they needed to do. They were really physical on the line. You know, they beat our offensive line, like give them credit. And I will tell you this. I was in the house Saturday night and watching that team flex from a, from a different, it was from a different <laughs> vantage point And just being able to see it from a bird's eye view one, that Panthers defense is so fucking fast. It is ridiculous how fast they are, too. They are really well coached. Matt Rule is going to be a very good coach. I think that is a playoff team if they can have a – they're a good offseason away from being a playoff team. They're just – I don't have a nicer way to say it. They're just dumb. Like, they just don't know how to win yet. (laughs) And they're going to learn how to win at some point with him at the helm, with that defense. They've got some pieces. You obviously saw them with Burns and Derek Brown and Mm -hmm. Jeremy Chin and some of those guys that they have. If they just fix a couple pieces on that side of the ball, I know their defensive rankings are poor, but they played really well on Saturday night. So they are going to be – they're the – Jason Perrone compared them to the 2008 Packers a team that just, they lose a bunch of close games. That'll correct itself next year. The saints aren't going to be good next year. Drew Brees is going to retire. They're going to have to gut their roster because of the salary cap. Tom Brady sucks and is overrated and it needs to retire and then go sell snake oil or whatever it is that he does with his house or something like that. So the Bucks are going to fall apart. Sure. Whatever it is that he does in that house, Antonio Brown and whatever all that means in his house, but don't get me started. The Bucks may not be very good next year. The Panthers are like a team that if I can get good odds, I'll bet on them to win the NFC South next season. Obviously not this year. That would be stupid. 
Yeah, I mean, I like I looked at it last week and they were 16 points away from having four more wins. They lost by two points to the Kansas City right, Chiefs. Right. The Kansas, the Kansas City Chiefs. Like if we're doing power they rankings and we're not doing games. we're not doing power rankings on the show, obviously. But if we did, Kansas City's number one, right? And then there's a little bit of a drop-off before we get to whoever you decide number two is. So Kansas City is a prohibitive favorite to repeat as Super Bowl champions. The Panthers took them to the brink. So for the Packers, and not only that, watch Sunday. The Los Angeles Rams lost to the New York Jets. You could have been that. They weren't. Zach, you've been trying to say something for like 10 seconds. <laughs> no, oh, I don't remember. I lost my thought. <laughs> no, it's it's all right. I, I It was probably something related to just... It was... Oh, shit. Giving them credit. You're talking about giving them credit for... Some something about giving them credit. I mean, yeah, they came out of the second half and suddenly their pass rush was in full force and they started getting to Rodgers. I mean, so much of the Packers and what they do on offense is just these plays getting a chance to develop. I mean, a lot of these sacks, they weren't really coverage sacks. Like there was a play where Adams was was running across her. Jones was barely coming out of the backfield and Rodgers didn't even have a chance to see any of them. Like the rush was already getting to him. And there was another play where Brian Burns had this crazy bend getting through David Bakhtiari. I think Brandon Thorne actually posted a clip of it on Twitter. He got underneath David Bakhtiari and just disrupted Aaron Rodgers, forced him to step up into the pocket. And that was when everything else collapsed around him. It was just this going into this game. So many people discounted that pass rush. And for really much of the first half, it didn't show up. And then that was when the Panthers Panthers started applying pressure once their quarter started, Packers straight away from the run game. And for all we know, the Packers, maybe they tried to adjust. They tried to make things happen on the fly. We don't know. But the Panthers, they were able to counteract everything. They had a plan. They were prepared. I mean, the defense, they, it doesn't look good on paper, but the way, I mean, Aaron Rodgers even said it, they they run a really, really strange formation, like college type. 3-3-5. Three, 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 five. Yeah, exactly. They run that type of uh, that type of alignment, and it's it's really confusing. It's hard to kind of like dissect. So, you know, it just it, it it got the best of the Packers for the most part in that second half. And at this point in the season, when you can escape an ugly win like that and walk away with the win and walk away with teachable tape, you know, at, at eleven and three, I mean that's that's more than a win. That's huge. And like Matt Lafleur said, that's that's like a coach's dream. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And the the one criticism you can give that I think is appropriate and has nothing to do with what the Panthers did, and the Panthers certainly deserve credit, we went over that, is like you mentioned, Zach, the abandoning of the running game. They had nine rushing attempts in the second half. And some people... I counted eight. I had somebody point out nine. I didn't count. Well, I do know that that oh, whatever, eight or nine, whatever way you want to look at it. Way, yeah. Two, Two of those rushing attempts were on the final series of the game when they were trying to run out the clock. So those don't even count as true rushing attempts, if you will, because you're, you kind of have to quote unquote, run the ball in that situation. The one thing I will say that I noticed, first of all, was that the Panthers were basically daring the Packers to run the ball, to beat them. Their safeties were flying back. They were playing some variation of that cover two quarters type coverage and wanting the Packers to run the ball. And they almost just, didn't oblige them. Like they were just like, Oh, whatever. We're still going to throw it. And they should have just, it was a perfect opportunity to pound the rock, assert your will. And that's how they established their lead in the first half. If you looked at for all and Brian Burns had a great game as a pass rusher, but for all the discussion about his greatness as a pass rusher, the Packers built their lead running the ball right at him. And he really struggled to defend their running game early on, especially in that game. And that's what helped them build that 21 to three lead. And I think that something else, everybody always wants to blame. What are these plays that Matt LaFleur is calling? Well, sometimes it's the quarterback not giving runs on run pass options. And they were throwing, like there were a few of those, you know, smoke. There was one play Devonte Adams visibly frustrated on an RPO that from my view, I, I would have to look at the play again, but it looked like Rogers certainly should have had a run on that particular play. And there were a few plays like that where it looked like they were passing out of, some RPOs that should have been called runs. I, or at least so I think, but you know, what do I know? I'm just an idiot. And Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. Apparently. Oh, sorry. Go. No, go ahead. Aaron. Oh, 
Well, I was just going to say, like, I also wonder what kind of factor Jamal Williams' injury had on the abandoning of the run game because my brain immediately went back to the Eagles game last year when Jamal got injured, and we kind of had a similar game plan after that where it felt like, okay, we're not really running the ball very much. And I just – I mean, and I know we saw, you know, A.J. Dillon for that one run, and I I don't know – why we didn't continue using him, but like that's immediately what my thought was, was what effect did Jamal Williams leaving the game have on the run game? But I don't know. I don't know. I'm not inside LaFleur's head. Yeah, apparently LaFleur, he called, he said he called 12 runs in the second half. And what what I count, I mean, Jake, you got nine, but what I counted, what I counted was eight. From the, thir- from the start of the third quarter to the two-minute warning, they ran, there were six. So if if that if that eight number is true, then uh, then Rogers opted out of like eight runs, and there were some miscommunications too. There was a on that play where Rogers kept it himself and ran for like eight yards, which could be which could end up very fucking dangerous if that doesn't work out properly, and then Dominic Daphne doesn't come in and make a block. It looked like he originally tried hitting Alan Lazard either on a bubble or on a flat towards the sideline, but Lazard came in and started blocking in the formation because he thought maybe it was like a just a regular running play but it was actually an RPO and and the whole thing just broke down. So it was just weird kind of like anomaly type things that just happened. Like the whole offense was just out of sync completely. Mm-hmm. Well, thankfully it's over. The Packers have won and we have moved on. And something else we're going to move on to is eggnog. It's disgusting. It's delicious. I hate it. I hate it. It's I want my eggs scrambled or fried. I have no reason to drink them. I am not or fertilized. Them. Or fertilized. <laughs> <laughs> or fertilized. Yes, that works too. Uh, but yes, I am not drinking my eggs. This is our heavy hitter segment. If you didn't figure that out uh, by now, <laughs> eggnog, guys, What's it's a, it's a Christmas beverage. It's disgusting. Back's literally I, drinking some right now. He is. Well, I was. I finished it before the show oh. started, actually. Okay. <laughs> Oh well, it was just so good. Nobody knows that. Now you make me look fucking stupid. No, you do that all by yourself. I was waiting for that. Yep, (laughs) I walked right into that. Um, Zach, you go first. That's what she is. You want to finish that? Nope. (laughs) I mean, it's 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 good. It's it's just delicious. I mean. I know it looks very uh, it looks very s- suspect when you drink it. Just the Maybe consistency. What was that, Jacob? Maybe that's part of it. I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love my eggs scrambled and fried and stuff. Sometimes I like to crack them. I like to just crack them open, just the yolk into a glass, like 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 Rocky Balboa or something, and just kind of drink. Oh, like, you don't. You've never done that. I know. I've never done that. Oh my oh. god! I was about to throw up. I'm built different. All right. <laughs> You said uh, that each of the last three weeks. We took a week off in the middle of it, so you've been saying that for a month. Let it die. It wasn't funny the first time. I'm not trying to be funny, Jacob. I'm telling you I'm built different. Anyways, before this guy tried to shit all over my parade. Uh, yeah, no, it's just it's just good. Uh, I don't have really much of an opinion on it. Um, my family's not like an eggnog family, like because I feel like it's something you drink at Christmas, and that's not something I grew up with. So. We're more of a hot cocoa family, I guess. Um, but I have had eggnog lattes where it's like half eggnog, half espresso, and they are delicious. It's scrum diddlyumptious, as Willy Wonka would say. Yeah, so. don't, don't ever do that again. Don't tell me what to do. Ned Flanders has joined the show. So thank you for that. Uh, eggnog's disgusting. I would, I mean, if I want whiskey, I'm getting an old fashioned or I'm buying Charles Woodson's whiskey, which is delicious. I'm have you tried it? I don't know, but I'm sure it is. Everything he's done has been great. So Just why wouldn't this I mean that's per usual, but I mean everything he's done has been great. Why wouldn't this be? He's the first ballot all of fame. I, know, I, I was gonna order some, but it's like a twenty five dollar shipping fee and I'm like, no. You need to talk to Matub because I got mine for less than twenty five dollars of a shipping fee. Oh. So Get on that, and then we're going to move forward. Apparently, this wasn't as controversial as we thought, guys. Let's go to the Packers' offense really fast. This Titans' defense sucks, and I've gone over that as many ways as I can. I think this Titans team 
some of the thought about their defense being tough and hard nosed is because their head coach is kind of a meatball and he's a very good coach. Mike Rabel is one of the best coaches in football, but he's kind of a meathead. He just is. It's kind of the nature of being a former football player, unfortunately, but he's very smart. They do a lot of good things, obviously, but playing defense isn't one of them and they don't have a good secondary. They don't have a good pass rush. They just don't do anything. I, I struggle to see the Packers not putting up 40 points in this game unless they get in their own way, which I suppose is possible, but I just, I can't see it. So can somebody tell me who's your guys' like pick for this star of this game? Who's going to be the one last week? Obviously it was Aaron Jones who stands out in this game, Zach. Devontae Adams. Wow. Excuse me. I said, how edgy. Well, if you would let me explain why, Am I allowed to do that? Huh? Is that, is that okay? Is that okay with you? I'll allow it. I'll Thanks. allow it. Well, Adoree Jackson returned last week, and he's probably their fastest cornerback, but he was also uh, a non-participant on Wednesday on the injury report because he has a knee injury, and obviously it's a lower body injury, so you don't really want to mess with those, and that could impact whether or not he plays Sunday. So if that happens, that means Malcolm Butler is going to uh, probably line up across from Devontae Adams. Now, Adoree Jackson, he has the speed to keep up with Adams, not necessarily the technique that you would look for in a quarterback. Um, if it's Butler, he has the physicality, he has the agility, not so much the speed. So if that is how um, things kind of lean, if that's if that's the trend and Butler ends up starting across from, from Adams on Sunday, then... I think it's going to be a big night for Adams. I think that's like probably the worst possible matchup for the, for the Titans uh, against someone like Adams, whose biggest trait is his technique and his release and, and you know everything like that. And um, especially in the red zone, I mean, the, the Titans, well, the Packers, they have the best red zone offense. One of the best gold red zone. zone offenses. Gold zone. Gold zone. Sorry, excuse me. Packers have one of the best gold zone offenses in football. And the Titans, they are the probably the worst third down defense in football. So those situational kind of um, moments, I think are going to, are going to make the biggest difference. Aaron, I'm going to go Alan Lazard. Wow. Edgy. Actually, well, it's not, it's not the number one wide receiver in the Alan Lazard has, has, he's been serviceable, but he has not. Oh, I just want to punch your face so much, Zach. <laughs> He has been serviceable, but he hasn't like been like Saints extraordinary, how he was against the Saints. And I think I just got this feeling in my gut that Ilian Lizard is gonna is gonna have a hell of a game. Um I don't know. I'm just feeling it. Well, I'm gonna go ready. This is mind blowing. Ready? This is gonna be the edgiest of edgy and edgy. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I think it's going to be a game where they can spread the ball around. I don't know if one specific weapon, obviously Devontae is going to get his like he always does, but I don't know if it'll be one specific guy in the skill group that dominates that way. I just think that this is a game for Rogers knows he's going to have to put up points. He knows what he's facing on the other side. This will be like one of them old school duels where the matchup on the other team's favor was Adrian Peterson against the Packers defense. This is Derrick Henry against the Packers defense. That is probably their biggest advantage. I think Aaron knows that, and I think he knows he's going to have to put up big points. I could see him having a game where he accounts for like six total touchdowns, like four passing, two rushing kind of game. And I think Green Bay is going to put up a lot of points like that. Guys, we're running short on time here, so we've got to get to – we're going with ice cream tonight. So chocolate chip cookie dough, Rocky Road, and rainbow sherbet. You must – Enter holy matrimony with one, have relations with one, and murder the other. Aaron, give me your choices. Well, I'm going to marry chocolate chip cookie dough. I mean, ice cream and cookies, what? I mean, you can't get any better than that, right? Like, that's right. Um, I'm going to have to kill Rocky Road. Um because fun fact, I am allergic to nuts. Um, yeah, get the jokes out. <laughs> God damn it. No, nothing? Oh. No. Oh, where's the joke there? Yeah, I, 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 I ain't saying nothing. Oh, you're a pervert. 
You're disgusting. You. Me? You, yeah, you were telling us to make jokes about that. I just got it. You're disgusting. Yeah, you you make me fucking sick, Aaron. You're, you're the one that implied there would be a joke there. Wow. I hate the both of you. Um, yeah, so I'm going to kill Rocky Road. I've never even had Rocky Road ice cream because I can't because I don't want to die. Uh, but so then I guess I'm having a roll in the hay with Rainbow Sherbert. So let's let's do it. A roll in the hay? What the hell no. does that are even you, mean? Are you having sex in a barn? Is that? <laughs> I is don't know. I didn't, I didn't, like, what did you want me to say? I, I mean, they were fornicate, bone. I'm I mean, trying to vary my vocabulary instead of just saying "fuck." I'm gonna fuck Rainbow Sherbert. I'm saying "roll in the hay." That honestly would have been a better alternative. I mean, I, <laughs> go to town. Well, that's already been used. Fornication. Zach just said that one, but yeah. So relations, okay. that's a fun word to say. Fornication. Wrong Sorry. song. Same band. It's all right. <laughs> yeah. I'm not medley. I'm not a musician, so I forgive myself. Anyways, I am going to enter holy matrimony. With chocolate chip cookie dough. I just finished a chocolate chip cookie dough blizzard before we started this show because I am a fatty and I enjoyed them very, very much. That, and it was delicious. The segment. Yeah, it, it is. is fire. It mm-hmm. is. And it was delicious. I I mean, I don't, I would almost, you can have that as like a meal and be fine. It's probably not advisable, but it's fine. I don't care. Who's going to tell me? I'm a grown ass man. I'll do whatever I want. Uh, I'm going to have a roll in the hay with rainbow <laughs> sherbet. Because it's pretty good. I mean, it's well, not the greatest. You should, have, but... you should have said your holy matrimony with um, <laughs> cookie dough and then something about, never mind. <laughs> Moving on. We're going to have a roll in the hay with rainbow sherbet. Again, I have no idea what that means, but I don't know how that means what you're saying it means, but whatever. Anyways, <laughs> uh, I'm killing Rocky Road. It's disgusting. I I know that's so when Zach said that, I kept it quiet earlier to suggest this, but yeah, it's gross. Um, I'm, I'm not a fan, so I, I will kill it with fire. What is and even in it? I don't even know. I know. Nuts. Hello, nuts. Nut. Come on. <laughs> Come on, Jacob. If Aaron wants me to make jokes, I'm just going to lean into it. You want me to be a pervert? Damn it. I will be. Oh yeah. Cause you needed a push from me. I did. You have, you have, Ruined me. Mm-hmm. That's all me. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I'm up next, right? Okay. <laughs> yeah, you would be the one. Uh, I'm marrying chocolate chip cookie dough without hesitation because it's like my probably top one favorite ice cream. Uh, who are you rolling was- in the hay with? <laughs> I that whole phrase like why would you even say that aaron like it just sounds uncomfortable i was trying to use my words imagine having sex in the hay in a barn or something on a like in your ass and stuff oh my god you'd rather me say like i'm gonna shove rainbow sherbet up my hoo-ha what do you want me to say (laughs) (laughs) not that yeah, not that. Okay, so I go for a different version, and it's still not not good enough. I'm thankful. You guys made fun of me for saying going to town. I I can't win. I can't win. Okay, Aaron, listen to me here. Okay, the word watch, hoo-ha watch. is removed from consideration in the show. By the way, watch. Oh, watch, I'm watch, totally going to bring it up every episode now. Watch how I do this. I'm going to passionately penetrate Rocky Road. <laughs> No, I did that. I got, I got innovative. Snorting is Aaron. Aaron just snorted. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate the double alliteration. Passionately penetrate Rocky Road. That's Mm -hmm. beautiful. Double P. P -P. (laughs) 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 What are you fucking five years old? I guess. I've had a couple. I've had a couple beers. Leave me alone. <laughs> no, no. 
you don't get to use that as an excuse. And trust me, a couple beers is like on the low end for some of the people that come onto this channel. So, oh boy. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways, what about you passionately penetrating Rocky Road? Well, I think yeah. Well, I think that Rocky Road for that choice, I think that would be the perfect uh, the perfect flavor because I enjoy it maybe like once or twice a year. Like I don't Rocky Road isn't even that good, but I would enjoy it if it's there, you know. Uh, and I'm killing Rainbow Sherbet like without hesitation. Like I'm ta- I'm taking a dagger to that to that damn thing. It won't do anything. I'm really excited. I am. I hate Rainbow Sherbet. Why? important well i mean i don't hate it but i i just i don't i don't understand like it just what's in it sugar and um, that's artificial uh, fruit flavors flavor yeah why the hell would i eat ice cream to get my fruit my fruit intake i'll just eat like a fucking banana or an apple or something like what would i Okay, we're getting too healthy. Okay, hey, good for you. Congratulations. See, you guys got no counter argument for that. Well, I have no choice because if I fucked Rocky Road, I'm going to die. Well, okay, well, like I told you at the show, we could do like a hypothetical situation where you're not allergic to testicles. I mean, nuts. (laughs) Okay, anyways, guys, Sunday, the Packers play the Titans, and uh, there's a game on Sunday night, and there's going to be a score prediction. So, we're in here. I think the Packers win. I think it's 45 to 41 Green Bay over the Titans. I think the Packers clinch the number one seed and get home field advantage throughout the NFC playoffs after the Rams and uh, Zach's home area of Los Angeles knocks off. By the way, how'd the Lakers do last night? Oh, well, probably they, they didn't no, win. No okay. No better than the Mavericks are going to do Friday night. They didn't, they didn't win. So thank you. They didn't win. Oh, you know what? I'll keep that on the record. They didn't win, but I'm just, I just want to throw that out there. The Lakers did not win their, their well, I mean, the Lakers lost to the Clippers in the season opener last year. So I mean, raise your hand if you have this many. We won the championship anyway. So I mean, like, it's not it doesn't, really listen, does it really count if it's in a COVID season? I mean, honestly. Oh, are you one of those people that goes, it's a Mickey Mouse championship. Are you oh one my of those God. Those? I just, and I'm over here as the Bulls fan as my Bulls are down like nearly 40 right now. <laughs> Raise your hand if your favorite team has as many wins as the Los Angeles Lakers right now. Everybody can raise their hand right now because that number is zero. Sorry, there are high school teams that haven't even played that can raise their hand on that. How embarrassing. God, they're the worst team in existence. Hey, raise your hand if your team has won a championship in the last year. Oh, neither of you can raise your are hand. They're the most fraudulent oh, championship team. I'm ever. a huge oh, Dodgers fan. The Dodgers won the World Series, right? Titles since uh, since the late '90s. I am the biggest. Oh, no. You can't Tam- put your Tampa hand. Bay Lightning fan. That again? Wait, what? I said, your, I said six titles, not a title. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I only heard six titles. Oh, I have my team has six of those since the late '90s. I said. I got oh, you. okay. Okay, what what about who has a title when it's rained every Tuesday? Like raise, yeah, your, okay. raise your hand, raise your hand if your favorite team got swept by the Mavericks in the postseason. Go ahead and raise your hand, Zach. That I don't know happen. if my hands. I don't, I don't remember that. Must have never happened. Oh, it did. It was 2011. Kobe Bryant and Phil Jackson got pecker slapped on the way Phil Jackson's retirement. It was a sweet oh, pecker slap. Not familiar. The hell? That was what <laughs> that was a stop us from three peating, wasn't it? Dallas yeah. beat uh, repeating for a, second, for a second time in like ten years. By the way, just for the record, I know what that is. Uh, I I got one in. <laughs> yeah, you were you were like in your you were like in your thirties when that happened, huh? Oh, suck my. <laughs> Anyways, I said the Packers were going to win, and uh, after the Rams beat the Seahawks, they'd have home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Zachary, do you think the same way? Do I think the Packers win? Yeah, I think I think 34-31 is the final score. And Aaron? Um, I'm gonna say uh I didn't I wasn't ready for this. Um, I'm gonna say it's going to be 41 to 34. 41 34. Who's winning? You didn't Packers. say who. Sorry. Yeah, like because although maybe it'll be lower because I feel like both of these teams like to dominate the time of possession. So maybe it should be lower than that. Did you say 34-31? I said 41-34. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Good. Okay, everybody, we apologize. This show was a disaster. You hate all of us. I get it. Totally get it. At Game on WI on Twitter, at Heroin, H E R O I N N E, or two O's. Two O's. God damn at it. It's Zachariah J. He's not actually a dog. And at Jacob Westendorf. We're out of time. Everybody have a Merry Christmas. Happy holiday. All that. Happy good stuff. holidays. Bye, Bye, everybody. Thank you. I love Thank you so much. Bye. <laughs>